0: Kind of disease and illness. And then they list their names here in Matthew chapter ten. And in, in verse seven of that chapter, Jesus says these words to them as you go, proclaim this message that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus is now shifting gears with these disciples, and it's no longer just about him instructing them and modeling for them what ministry and how to interact with people. He now gives them these words in verse seven, as you go. Verse one says he's given them all authority. He's given them the power. He's sending them out now to go and to preach a message. What was that message? Well, that the kingdom of heaven is near. This series, As You Go, will be a series in which we are going to be challenging you to be a church that is on the go, a church that is on the move. Listen, the times in which we live in demand that we as the church become extremely evangelistic, Meaning that there is a story for us as believers that we've received, that we believe in, that needs to be shared with other people. The times in which we live in, I believe, is called for us to become fishers of men at levels that we've never experienced before. Friends, make no mistake about it. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is near. I believe that the return of Jesus is near. Pastor Chach challenged us in such an incredible way about the last days and the return of Jesus. I don't know when that's going to happen. We'll talk more about that in just a few moments. I'm not purchasing a billboard out on I-35 to put a date on that, right? Because scripture says in 1 Thessalonians that no man knows the time, the day, or the hour, correct? But I just believe... That all the things we see happening in, our, happening in our culture lead up to the return of Jesus. Are you ready for that? Yes. Yeah. But until then, I think there's work for us to do. I think Jesus wants to shake and wake a church of Jesus Christ himself, his bride, his called out. He wants us to be a church that is on the move, going to those dark places in our culture, to the hurting and the broken, to those who are helpless and offer them Well, the reason for the hope that we have. This is no longer a time for us just to sit and wait on heaven to come to us. It is time for us to go. And it's not real hard for me as I read Matthew chapter 10 verse 7. Jesus is expecting you, believer. He's expecting you to go to your place of business. To your homes and to your families, to the schools that you attend, to the teams that you participate with, to to the circles that you run in, to to your neighbors, (laughs) he's calling us. And he's just expecting you, believer, that as you go, you're going to be announcing that the kingdom of heaven is near. I want to look at a few verses of scripture just before What I read in Matthew chapter 10, I want to begin reading today, and for the next few weeks, we're going to look at the last four verses, actually, of Matthew chapter 9. And and, and I want us to begin to understand and get a a feel for the heartbeat of Jesus and what he's calling you and I to do. Listen, we are thrilled. We are so excited to have you in this house or dialed in watching us online. I know that many are on spring break and they're they're watching us from, from exotic locations. Thank you. Like Canyon Lake. It's awesome. Thank you. But 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 make no mistake about it, as good as this is there's a greater calling on us and that is for us to be unleashed in the same authority and power that these disciples were in Matthew 10 and later in Acts but in Matthew chapter 9, begin reading with me, if you would, verse 35, it says this, Jesus traveled. That's important. I think I've underlined. I didn't underline it. Uh, it should be underlined. Just underline it if you want to. Get a tattoo. Jesus, whatever you want to do. You need to remember those words. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in their synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. I love this passage because I love the first two words that I read in verse 35, Jesus traveled. So see, I'm not hard-pressed to, 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 to find in Scripture this idea that we as believers should be also a people that are on the move and going. Jesus was so good about not just speaking something and saying, hey, guys, I think this might be good for you. No, no, he actually demonstrated what he was encouraging them. He modeled for them on how to live. And in verse 35, we find Jesus traveling. Can you imagine if Jesus were to show up today in your neighborhood? Would that not be pretty exciting? If he were to show up at her Ranch, right? Or um, wherever you live today, would you not just be wild and amazed at this radical rabbi? He was a traveling. Now, there were times in which we know in Scripture that, that, that people brought others to Jesus, right? Some guys lowering their friend through a roof. to They brought him into the presence of Jesus so he could be healed, right? The Samaritan woman in John chapter four ran to her village and says, hey, all of you town folk, all you my villagers, my peoples, you need to come out and see this man out here at the well that I just met. We know that there were times in which People would bring people to Jesus, come and see. But I'm telling you, more often than that, you're going to find time and time again, when you read about Jesus's ministry here on earth, you're going to find him doing what it says in verse 35, traveling to people going to where they were, finding their needs and meeting those needs. You're gonna find him going to play with children. You're gonna go find him sometimes sitting under a tree and speaking. You're gonna find him walking through towns when parades and things were going on and calling out wee little people and saying, hey, can I come to your house? for You're gonna find a rabbi on the move. Now listen, I don't know about you, But when I see something that Jesus was a part of and what he did, I wanna learn from that and I wanna be just like that. I'm not perfect, ask my family. I still make mistakes, but listen, I want us to catch this idea today. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending the disciples out and he's just expecting, guys, listen, as you go, when he calls a pastor in in Indonesia, he's gonna send him out. He's expecting me to go. And I'm telling you, he's looking on a group of folk here in Bernie, Texas, or around the world watching us online, and he's expecting you, if you're a believer in Christ, he's expecting you to do what he did. He's expecting you to go to where people are. He's placed you there. He sent you to businesses and schools and friend groups. Hey, have you ever thought maybe that God placed you where you're at in any of those arenas for a purpose? And he wants you to go into those areas, and he wants you to do what he encouraged those disciples, those followers of his. I need you to announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. As he traveled, it says in Matthew 9, 35, and 36, as he traveled, he was announcing the good news, right? We're going to talk more about that next week. But we are to be a traveling people. How would you respond if Jesus were to walk into your neighborhood. It'd be impressive, wouldn't it? But what if I were to tell you today, he's already walked and is walking in your neighborhood. You see, for those of us who've called upon the name of the Lord and are saved, check this out. His spirit has been planted and deposited within us. And so there should be a representation of Jesus in your hood, am I correct? Because Christ lives in us, he should live outside of us, and there should be a visible demonstration, there should be a living example, there should be your friends and neighbors, the kids that are swimming in pools and playing on play, they should be able to look at you and say, you know what, I think I can see Jesus. He's in you. That's right, Uncle Joe. He's in you, and he should be living out of you. So Jesus is in your neighborhood. He's in you. Will you let him out? As you go, will you speak like Jesus would? Would you take care and be compassionate and meet needs around you just as Jesus would? I think Jesus would pass out a book and a pair of sandals to someone if he had them. If they needed it, he would do that. Not Dr. Seuss, because that's wrong. You can't do that one. But he would pass out other things. He would pass out other things to meet needs of people. He would heal people that needed a touch. Those that were hurting and broken, what would Jesus do? Man, he would encourage them, would he not? And he would always cast stones at people and make them feel worthless and insignificant, wouldn't he? No. That's not what he would do. He loved people. And I'm telling you, there is a living representation in your neighborhood. There should be. And as you go home today, as you go to wherever you're going to go this spring break, as you go back to school and to work, as you go to your neighbor's house for, for, for dinner or for, for s'mores or whatever, as you go, Jesus should be put on display. As you go, as you go. You know, these same disciples fast forward to the book of Acts. Pastor Chacha alluded to Acts chapter 2, and it's incredible. But, but in Acts chapter 1, there's something really incredible that happens, and it's these same disciples. Actually, there's one less now because Judas betrays Jesus and goes out and hangs himself. You know that story, right? So there's 11 of them now, and we know that after Jesus rises from the grave after three days in the tomb, that over the next 40 days, Jesus would make some 100 different appearances to people to prove to them that he was alive. Amen? He would show them himself. And in Acts chapter 1, we find this final appearance of a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter one, these, the, these men are called now apostles. A disciple is a follower. Do you know what an apostle is? A messenger, a missionary. Something shifts, something happens. They, they, they are no longer simply just to follow Jesus, but now they are to go in the power and the authority and be messengers for Jesus. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, the passage of scripture that some of you are familiar with, The resurrected Jesus is saying, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, like what a pastor in Indonesia is doing, right? He sends them, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for me there. And then something happens here. He ascends into heaven for the final time. Now, I don't know if you were one of the apostles that day standing there. You probably would do what, what I would have done. You would have done this, wouldn't you? Wow. You know, we are enamored when uh, a rocket ship is launched from Cape Canaveral or land something lands on Mars. We, we are glued to our television sets and we watch those things. But can you imagine being here in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus ascends into the clouds? Just whoosh, I'm telling you, Penn and Teller can't recreate that in Vegas. You know, Copperfield's not that good. And it says that they were standing there and staring into heaven. Now, I don't know how long they stood there and stared, but something to me triggers that it was a little too long. Because look what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 11. It says that actually there were, there were two angels that came to them and said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, and someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. You see what's happening here? These apostles, rightfully so, are blown away with Jesus's final ascension into heaven, but... They're standing and staring into heaven and two angels, some say that maybe it was Moses and Elijah, I don't know, but they're two angels that come and they have to say, guys, why are you still standing here? Did not Jesus just say that you, you should go wait for him in Jerusalem? Or hey, did he not tell you to go and pray? Did he, listen, you've been given some instructions. It's time for you to now to follow through and do what he's asked you to do. Quit standing here and staring into heaven and go do what Jesus has called you to do. I think we as the church of Jesus Christ have done too much standing and staring into heaven. Waiting for Jesus to return and we've not been so busy doing the things that Jesus has called us to do. You shall receive power in the Holy Spirit. You shall be my witnesses. He's just told them that. Three verses before verse 11. And now they stand and gaze into heaven. Make no mistake about it. I said this earlier. Jesus will return. In fact, Scripture says he's going to return in the same way that he left. If he left ascending, he's going to return descending. He left them from the Mount of Olives. And guess where he will return first? the Mount of Olives, I would love to take you there in October to Israel, we're going. See us for more information about that. He's going to return, but there's still work for us to do before he comes. Can you imagine if those angels not showed up in verse 11? Hey, can you just imagine if, if, if after they did that, and they went and waited another 10 days in a prayer meeting. Hey, you talk about a prayer meeting 10 days before Pentecost happens. 50 days after Jesus is resurrected is when Pentecost happens, right? They're praying. And can you just imagine when the Holy Spirit blows through that room, 120 gathered in that room, waiting for this, this counselor, this paraclete, this spirit that Jesus promised them in John chapter 14. I'm gonna send someone, they've received him now. Can you imagine, wow, this was awesome, guys. This has been awesome. We're, whew, we're filled up now, we have had enough. No, he didn't sit on that. Those tongues of, that look like fire waving over them it set ablaze in them a passion to go and to tell the story of Jesus. I just think for some of us, we, 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 we stand and we gaze into heaven far too long and we're waiting for him to return. I'm ready for him to return too, but I just know that until he comes back, there's something he's called us to do, and that's to go and to share his story. I think a lot of us are waiting on heaven But I think heaven's waiting on us. It's waiting on us to go. I believe Jesus wants every man and woman, boy and girl, to have the opportunity to respond to him as Lord and Savior. And I just can't help but think that maybe the trumpet's not been blasted because there's still someone for us to tell. Is there someone in your life that needs to know the difference Jesus can make in a life? Maybe heaven's just waiting on us to go and tell that story. When's he going to come? I don't know. I'm not going to pull out a billboard on I-35 and put a date and time. Because you know what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2 says, For we know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. A few verses before that and even into chapter four talks about how he will come and the dead in Christ will rise first. Those of us that are, are still here alive will then join with him and meet him in the clouds. But no one knows the day and the time. When Jesus is going to come. It could be today. Here's what I know. It's not right now because we're still here having this conversation. And so you know what that means? That there's still time for us as we go to tell a story. Let me ask you a question today. If Jesus were to return today, how would he find you living? How would Jesus find you living? If he were to return today, have you told the people in your life about Jesus if He's changed you and made a difference in your life? Have you told them? And that coworker or friend, the person that you just don't know, have you had that? I'm just, is heaven maybe giving you another opportunity to share the difference Jesus can make? Let me ask, are you living your life in such a way that you would be pleased if Jesus were to come back? Or are there some things in your life that you would be embarrassed about? Maybe things that you'd be ashamed of. Are there some relationships that need to be restored or renewed? I'm just telling you, if Jesus were to find you today, how would he find you living? Here's what I do know. We've got to be a people that go. Go. Jesus traveled. We've got to go, as Jesus did, to where people are. And just as Jesus did, we've got to be looking for those who need a touch from him. Jesus traveled. Someone shared with me earlier, I love it when people give me little sermon downloads. I love that most of the time. But I love this. It's like standing at a stairwell and we see the top of the stairs, but it does me no good if that's where I have to go unless I take a step and begin to move up those stairs. That's good. I like that. Someone else said, you know, God can't drive a parked car. You yeah, know, we've got to be on the move so that he can use us and steer it and show us where to go. We've got to be of people on the go. We've got to be where people are. We've got to be looking for those who need a touch from Jesus. As you go this week, would you announce the good news? Would you put Jesus on display display today in your neighborhood, in your home, in your circle of friends, or circle of enemies? I don't know. This is really interesting for me this week. My youngest daughter goes to A Christian school and she has a project at school and she said, hey, uh, mom, dad, can you help me with something? I'm like, how much do you need? We'll Venmo it. Yes, how much? She said, I have a project and uh, I have to interview a lost person. Now lost person is a term that we use in church a lot of times to describe people who who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They're lost and kind of trying to find their way around. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so we believe that people who don't know Jesus, they're really missing out. They're lost in life trying to figure it out. She says, our project is I have to interview a lost person. She said, I don't know if I know any lost people. Now that's not a knock against my daughter. I celebrate that on one end to know that that her friends and the people she knows are believers in Jesus Christ. And I think that you need that in your life as well. I think you need to spend the majority of your time around other growing, thriving believers, you do. He who walks with the wise grows wise, right? But a companion of fools will suffer harm, we know that. So I celebrated that, but on the other end of the spectrum, I'm going, golly. If I don't hang around lost people, how will I ever influence someone for Jesus Christ? Are you with me there? And then I had to be reminded in that moment, you know, wasn't it Jesus that said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. We need to hang out with some sick people. Now don't tell him you're sick. Now don't—that's that's that's not a great way to break the ice. Okay, but but you know what I mean. As I go, I want to rub shoulders with people far from a Savior, and through the authority given by me in heaven and in you, and His Spirit alive and at work in me, you know what? I want to profess Jesus Christ and give a reason for that hope that I have in Him. Are you with me today? I'm excited. And over the next few weeks, I want to encourage you to begin to reach out. Hey, when we talk about a serve day coming up here in just a a couple of weeks, why do we do that? It's not because you're bored and have nothing to do. It's not because we're not doing, you know, jump in on the town square. Brandy, I know you're upset about that, but it's not because we need something to do. No, we do that because you know what Jesus would do? Jesus Jesus would go and repair things that were broken, whether that be an individual's life or their home. Jesus would build a bed, Pastor Jen, for people to be able to lay down in and sleep at night. He would do that. I think Jesus would go and, 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 and just whatever he could to make somebody's life. That's, that's why we're doing it. a serve day coming up March the 20th. We're gonna have an opportunity to get out in our community and put Jesus on display. That's why I love yard signs with the QR code well, that's gonna grab some attention, isn't it? And listen, I know that many of you put political signs out in your front yard. I'm driving by your house to see if you're gonna put a sign up announcing a savior. I'm just telling you. And if you have any hopes of going to heaven, you bet, no, I'm just kidding. That's, that's a joke. People are like, I knew he was that preacher. No, that's. But our team has put together tools, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be challenging you to step out. Here's an invite card. Here's an opportunity to engage your neighbors. If we really believe that Jesus Christ is the answer, I'm telling you, as we go, we'll share that story. Would you stand with me today? Ministry team, will you come join a preacher down front? Listen, we want you to know if you're here today in person that we want to pray with you over anything that maybe you're dealing with today. We want you to know that if you're watching us online right now, one of our pastors is going to be sending you a number that you can text to that will help you as you take a next step getting to know who Jesus is, following through with whatever, who we are as a church. But one of our pastors is gonna be sending you that number to text right now. We wanna pray with you and come alongside of you. We wanna answer those questions for you. For someone here today or watching online, maybe it's like, hey, why do I need Jesus? And tell me the difference that Jesus can make in my life. Are you kidding me? That is an incredible question and we have a great answer. Lord, I pray that as we leave this house today, or as we go about our activities, wherever we're located, Lord, I pray that we would know and be reminded that you are expecting us as we go to put you on display. Lord, I pray today that people would see our good works, hear our good words, but that they would be drawn to Jesus And glorify our Father in heaven. It's in the awesome, powerful name of Jesus. I pray that request. Amen.